Welcome to the Wardrobe Muse, helping you dress from the inside out. Feeling wardrobe challenged? Discover your style with me. I love working with women to identify their authentic self through clothing, to craft and maintain simple wardrobes that reflect who they truly are and that work for their lifestyles. To work together, visit me on the web at lastwardrobe.com. Visit lasswardrobe.com. Here's your host, Lisa. Hi, it's Lisa Ann Santon of The Wardrobe Muse. For our audience today, we are going to talk about sustainable fashion. And we are coming off of our first 10 episodes where we had guests that were from all across the North Shore. We stayed hyper-local. We talked a lot about um, events and partnerships and great things that we had going on. We're going to up-level a little bit and move our content for the upcoming series to talk more about sustainable fashion, ethical fashion, curated closets. We'll be bringing on guests who can help us to teach ourselves and you about sustainable fashion. And it is just on the cusp of Earth Day. It is Fashion Revolution Week. That will end on April 26th. So let's bring on our guest from Pirouette, New York City, Melissa Lorenzo Hervé. Melissa, welcome. Hello, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ventured into this space of sustainable fashion. Sure. Um, my name, again, is Melissa. I'm from Miami. That's where I grew up. Come from a Cuban-American family. Very typical story. Grew up with my grandmother taking care of me and my siblings uh, after school. I guess the first uh, introduction to the fashion world was her sewing machine, her little singer that she had next to her kitchen counter. Uh, pride of place. She would do everything from make our Halloween costumes to hem our school uniforms. And so I grew up watching um, my grandma make clothing and hear about how she made clothing in Cuba. And as I grew up and became more and more obsessed with fashion and was sad I wasn't going to FIT or Parsons after finishing high school, it always stayed with me. I always wanted to somehow create clothing. And so sometimes I would make something for myself after I was working as a lawyer in New York and found a dressmaker. And eventually I saw that a lot of women were struggling with getting ready to go to work in the morning and then getting ready to go out after work. And that basically inspired me to create a piece that would work in different circumstances, a dress you could wear to work and that would look good if you wore it after work to a bar or a party or a restaurant or a date or an event. Um, and that brought in the sustainability angle that I already had in mind because just growing up, I was always interested in how to save the earth and 50 steps for kids and let's do a beach cleanup and all of these little things that in my mind were necessary just to save the planet. And so it was just a natural, organic, no pun intended, collision of two of my interests, fashion and living in what we call today environmentally sustainable way or eco-friendly. But at the time, I just thought was something normal and logical. We need to do things that don't damage the planet. Were you at all um, moved or inspired by the 
fashion revolution week and that movement that came out of that horribly tragic incident at Rana Plaza in India? Or were you already cooking along when that happened? Where were you in that kind of already? Timeline? Oh, yeah, no, already. In fact, when, I remember when that happened, it was almost as if I was seeing the ending to a movie that was so predictable. When you already know where the storyline is going, I just thought, of course that happened. Of course, that's where the world had to end up. And this is going to be the first of several because it was just very obvious that with the way fast fashion was becoming faster and faster and the consumerism was just becoming almost insatiable with the introduction of Instagram and Tinder and the disposability of everything from our shoes to the relationships we're in that I thought, this is the logical extension of that. Of course, things were going to get so terrible that lives would be lost. For and our audience, you know, who may not know Melissa, because you and I sort of live and breathe this, there was a, a very, very large factory in India mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. had just a tragic fire and then the whole building collapsed. And it was the result of, the people knew that that could happen, but it was the result of this, mass consumption on a global platform. Right. Um, just making more and more and more clothing for more and more and more people at a cheaper and cheaper price. Exactly. Um, right now what's happening around the globe. And I, you know, I don't want to make our podcast like a Debbie Downer, but I just think it's a great awareness platform. People are large retail, you know, brands that are providing for the retail world are canceling orders right now. So there's a right. huge supply chain disruption because of this pandemic. In right. Bangladesh alone, um, one million garment workers were furloughed or laid off after this massive order cancellation mm-hmm. and failure of brands to uh, buy through what they had committed to or pay for what they'd already received. So it's a very, very big problem. It, it has a lot of implication. A lot of the workers in India are migrant workers. They had to return mm-hmm. and flee to their homes by foot. So there is a huge cost to mass consumption. And part of the reason I worked for Eileen Fisher for many years is they were a sustainable brand. And then part of the reason I went out on my own to be a wardrobe coach for individuals was to try to educate people about this Again, not in a negative way or to be a downer, but just there's a different way. There's a a better way. And I'll just say for people who want to learn more, Fashion Revolution Week, which is going on right now, it's always April 20th through April 26th to coincide with Earth Day. You can follow them on Instagram at fash underscore rev and uh, just learn more about Fashion Revolution Week. The hashtag um, who made my clothes is part of that movement, looking at your garments, looking at the hang tags in your garments, who made it, where was it made? What kind of fabric is it? Um, And then searching for more ethical fashion brands. And this is why I love Pirouette. Um, Talk a little bit more, Melissa, about your offering and, and how you see people being able to own a few pieces and really having a lot of options. Right. So that was always the mindset that stayed with me as I figured out how do I make clothing? How do I 
produce something that someone wants to keep forever. I have things that I've had forever. Um, I grew up hearing about pieces that my grandmother had that she kept for a really long time and some of them she had made herself and I didn't want to just be one more brand that you have in your closet. I wanted to create that moment of an occasion when you reach for that dress, when you have that special piece that you go to over and over again and can associate really positive memories with. And so of course that informed everything from the fabric choice to the factory that we would work with to where do we source our buttons? Where do we source our zippers? Where do we source our silk? And I was lucky enough to work with someone, Nadia Bradshaw, who has been a production manager for all sorts of brands, everything from Gap to Suno. And so she came really, really experienced with sustainability. And she taught me a lot about why you choose factories in one place over another, even if you're going abroad, even if you're going to produce offshore. She had learned about these Indian factories, these Kenyan factories, about how some of them will give a tea time break to their employees and some won't. Some of them regulate how far the bathrooms are located from where a lot of these seamstresses are working. And so just hearing about all that made me prioritize who I worked with and looking at these floors when I would visit these sample makers or these factories that would make our clothing and meeting the owners, not just um, hearing about them or emailing them. Um, but on the sustainability side, one of the biggest things that affected was the fabric. When you meet with these textile reps and they're pushing you certain fabrics just based on the price point because they think that's what's going to convert you to buy a bunch of yardage, you have to really think about, well, how long is this going to last? And is this going to retain its shape? Is it going to retain its color? Or is it going to fade? And that made me really, really, really focus on, I only want the best fabric. I only want the one that's not going to pill. I only want the one that's not going to look like it's been worn a hundred times, even if it's only been worn a few times. I want it to be wrinkle resistant so that the woman who's wearing it doesn't have to dry clean it every single time she wears it, even if she's just wearing it for a little bit. And so that informed how everything else was going to even be designed. Because if I'm saying that this fabric is going to last so that you could wear it a long time, that means I'm going to stay away from fads. I'm going to design in a way that you can't look at the dress and say, oh, that's from 2010. You can't get a picture taken in one of our dresses and say, that picture must have been taken in around 2015 because that's when that trend was happening. It's classic. It's a very timeless design that any age could wear. And so that's also what makes it sustainable. You can buy something that was ethically made in a really great factory, but if it's really trendy, you're not going to wear it next year. How sustainable is it if you're just giving it away to some charity that then is going to try to sell it in a third world country where they're trying to actually develop their own textile and clothing manufacturing. How sustainable is that if you're just constantly consuming and replacing and using our resources to fulfill that feeling of something new in my closet that's only going to make me happy a few times if I wear it a few times. I recently had occasion to offer uh, Melissa's organization, her, her product to two clients of mine. And I'll just share, one of them is in real estate um, in Essex County on the North Shore. And we tend to be less dressy than um, an urban environment. 
but I've sort of pushed her to really have some classic pieces that she can wear when she's doing a high-end showing or at the closing with lawyers or when she goes to many, many industry events, um, you know, a lot in Las Vegas, they're like trade events, so that she would have a classic dress that could take her through all of those activities that are work-related, but that also would be fun enough that she could wear it to a cocktail party or a wedding. So we chose one of the pieces in your line that has that really, really fun print. And I wanted you to maybe talk a little bit about that. And it's a classic silhouette as well. So talk a little bit about that dress. I love that piece. And I was um, looking at my inventory last night, trying to update everything. And I noticed that she bought the last one in her size. Ah! So I'm so happy it went to someone who I'm connected with, even though I haven't met her. I, you know, I'm connected through you to her. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm so glad she picked that up because I didn't make enough of that size. Um, but yeah, that piece, it's a shirt dress. It's an A-line shirt dress. Um, it's made from a thinner material. It's a poly blend that the fabric comes from this ancient textile mill in Italy that is very focused on prints. That's their main thing. You go to them when you want to check out new prints that they've had their own artist design, or if you want to make a new print, your own print that maybe you had an artist design. And um, it's called Seride, and they're in Carpi, Italy. And I remember looking at a bunch of different colorways that one of their reps in New York was showing me, and there was one that caught my eye that was similar to this one, but the colors were very different. And I thought, well, what if we change this mustard color to a certain pink? And what if we change this color over here to this certain navy? And so I created a different mix of colors. And they sent me a bunch of, well, maybe three or four samples to approve. Um, you have to choose a Pantone number when you're changing a print normally so that they get the exact right shade of pink. And then once I had the right color, what in my mind looked right when you mix them in. And I'm someone who's always shied away from prints. I'm very petite and I feel like they can look just too busy on me. Um, but I love this print. I don't shy away from it. I embrace it. I think it's just so fun to wear. And even though it's eye-catching, it's not loud. And we called it the Tribeca print because the brand was born in New York. And I just thought of an area that has energy and is sophisticated and fun and yet modern. And I love that even women who are normally wearing solids can wear this print and walk into a room and know that no one else is going to wear it because we've made such a small production. We only could order so much yardage. I've always been self-funding this company, so I've, I've always had to do very small productions. And that's also why I've produced locally because a lot of these foreign factories, once you start producing offshore, they have very high minimums. They'll say, we'll make your shirt dress, but you have to order at least a thousand of them. And so that has helped me have this additional angle that every dress I'm producing, you're going to be one of the few people who own it. And so sometimes when I get an order from someone in the state that I haven't sold into, I'll just include in my note, you're the only person in Atlanta to own this dress, or you're the first person in Texas to own this dress. And it's such a great feeling for the owner to have something yes. that's not mass produced and not one of many. I loved it. Melissa, I'm not a print person. Mm -hmm. I fly away from prints myself. I'm the opposite of you where you're petite. I'm probably, mm -hmm. you know, 14 or 16. So I consider myself a little bit, you know, larger. And mm -hmm. I, I bought this 
as well. So I got it for myself and I'm using it as a duster instead mm-hmm. of a dress. So mm-hmm. this piece is so versatile. Yeah. It can be worn as the traditional dress, which is mm-hmm. appropriate for so many settings, or you can um, put something under it like a pant and mm-hmm. a tank and then wear it as more of a jacket or what I call mm-hmm. a duster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so pleasantly surprised when I put the print on me. I really loved it. And that was really surprising for me because I'm a solids girl through and through. Um, me too. But there's a uniqueness to that print you selected. The colorway is it's mm-hmm. vibrant and it's fresh and it's positive mm-hmm. energy, but it's not overwhelming. Um, right. The colors are subdued enough that even if you're someone who never wears prints, you can wear that print. And what I find is if you wear it with a black belt, it has like a grounding effect. It's not just about the print or some women I've seen, they wear it with a black cami under. Mm -hmm. So they'll wear it so that they don't button the first two buttons. You're seeing this little black underlay and it creates that layer of interest. There's like something else going on beyond the print. And so... Oh, There's I've just different ways to wear it. Of so many ways I want to style it. Obviously, I s- did this transaction with the realtor without being with her because we are mm-hmm. all in quarantine. But I'm dying to get back to see her um, and use some of her jewelry. I, I had mm-hmm. a lot of ideas because she's an ongoing client of how we could style mm-hmm. that so that mm-hmm. it could go many different ways. I loved the classic nature of the cut. So yes. it is a um, classic shirt dress, but it's more feminine. Right. That look has been traditionally. So when I found that look for women, it still looked like a man's shirt on a woman's body. And you did something yeah. very unique in the way that you um, designed it. So it it's feminine, but it has that mm-hmm. classic uh, forever look to it um, in a way that right. I hadn't seen before. So I, I loved that. That was my number one priority, that women would feel comfortable in it. And that's why it has pockets. I wanted it to be functional and that you couldn't tell that it had pockets. I didn't want to have any bulk. Um, and that's true also for the version of that dress that comes in the solid colors and 100% cotton, also from Italy. I wanted you to feel just really comfortable and that you're not thinking about your outfit all day. You wear it, you feel confident, you know you can conquer your day. It helped you feel better. You're going to be more productive because of that boost it gave you. And yeah, people are complimenting you. I hear this all the time. When people wear the dress, people come up to them and say, oh, where'd you get that dress? Or where did you find that dress? Because it's just really versatile and you don't have to be a certain body type to wear it. Any body well, type and I'm wear gonna, that A-line. I'm going to agree with you on that. The realtor that um, took the dress is a very, very tall woman. Um, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that she's a large woman, but she's she's tall. And so we have a lot of issues finding shoes because she has, mm. a, you know, a foot that that is, you know, <laughs> carrying a large frame. And it looked so good on her. And then mm-hmm. I had a second client who is um, – She's a writer and she's also a journalist and she's mm-hmm. a little bit like you are, Melissa. She's on the petite, you know, spectrum. And she got the dress in the navy, in the cotton. And uh, she showed me a picture of it this morning. You know, she tried it on and she looks dynamite in it. Oh, um, wonderful. 
And again, because she took the Navy, I think we're going to have so many ways when I can see her that we're Mm going to be able to style it through and make a lot of different looks for her with that one Mm -hmm. piece. So two, well, three women, actually, you know, three totally different body types in this same dress, using it differently. And the dress is going to, I think if, if a person can be creative, that dress is going to carry them. That one good purchase that's probably a little more expensive than what they would normally buy at Marshalls or TJX or another discounter will actually prove to be the better way to spend their money. For sure. And I think that's what people are more conscious about now when we're stuck at home and we look into our closets and nothing inspires this joy that Marie Kondo talks about. Nothing motivates you to get out of your sweats. If you have that good piece that feels comfortable that you know every time you've worn it, you felt good about yourself, then that's the piece to go after. It's better to just focus on the more quality pieces, you know, that great sweater, that great pair of boots than having to replace a certain piece over and over and over again because you bought the lower quality. And other cultures actually work that way. It's just our culture has been, for the past few decades, more focused on quantity. But I think it seems now, especially younger generations and women who are in positions where they're trying to choose well instead of often, also just because of time, right? It's very time consuming to look for that next pair of boots or that next great dress. It's just liberating to know that you have a few great pieces that you can mix and match. And like you said, change up the jewelry or change up your accessories. And that's how you get a new outfit out of it. Oh, yeah. The, the looks can be really, I think, popped with color in the case of the, mm-hmm. um, the navy. I mean, that's such a great base. Yes. You know, I, I really am on this mission to um, inspire people away from mass consumption toward more ethical fashion and creating a community of of women um, who believe in this. Uh, It's been interesting because people kind of, it's still new for a lot of people, Melissa. Um, A lot of people don't, when I say sustainable fashion, they don't really understand what that means or where to go, what brand to go to, to buy something like that. Um, So I thought that that was um, a, a, a space we could all, you know, yourself, myself, help women toward um, a little more ease in finding these options. Because I think the common person on the street is, uh, they just don't know where to go. Right. And they also might not understand what sustainability means for a lot of people that might still be a really confined definition, uh, very restricted to, is it made from bamboo? Is it made from some sort of renewable uh, ingredient, you know, that goes into the fabric? We know that cotton takes a lot of water to produce Mm -hmm. any type of thread and they're, you know, Um, certain fabrics that are made from non-renewable sources. And so that's what some people are looking at. Well, does that mean that it was produced in a factory that uses solar energy? So there's different components into that sustainability. And I think there's also a guilty factor that plays in almost as if you're being shamed because you bought something that was made somewhere that is known for having sweatshops or is known for producing bigger brands where they're not focused on that. But 
when you think of sustainability, you also have to think of working what you with what you have. It's not just about consuming new things, but maybe you're just consuming one new thing, but that gives you a mindset where you're looking at your closet, maybe getting rid of the things you're not wearing and you're not ever going to wear. Other people could be enjoying those sweaters and coats and dresses and just removing that analysis paralysis moment that people have when they look into their closets and it's almost like the overwhelming choice. I have too many jeans. I have too many sweaters. I don't know which one to wear. So just keep the ones that you like and that look good on you. Maybe work with a stylist to figure out what actually looks good on you, what you should be wearing for your body type, for example. Sometimes it's not the piece. Um, It's just the fabric. The cut is right, but maybe the fabric is wrong. And so sustainability should be more than just how do I buy new things? It should be also how do I work with what I have and how do I give away the things that I shouldn't have? And then understanding your body type so that when you buy something new, you're buying something that works for your body type. It's not just how was it made, which is super important, or what was it made of, which is also important, but what looks good on my body type so that I'm focusing on those cuts and those fabrics. Well, Melissa, you sound like an advertisement for someone to hire me because that's what I do. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, that's been the core of my business. Um, and I think we mentioned this uh, by phone when we were talking earlier this month. I'm sort of a stylist that's not a shopper or a personal shopper, although I will help people and I have done that for people. The crux of my business is what you just described getting into a woman's closet and in her home and mm-hmm. taking an inventory of everything that you own with no mm-hmm. judgment and then helping to edit what you've invested in and edit away from the things that don't feel right on your body, either because of fit or the fabric doesn't feel right or the cut and drape of it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and releasing those pieces to a wonderful charity or a clothing swap or a consignment store, and then helping them kind of wardrobes what they've already invested in. Then add in a key one or two, you know, items that really fill in the gaps, like maybe a draft from your offerings that would sort of round out the other things. So that's where I can force a sustainable path forward with people really honor what they've already invested in. And the mm-hmm. one or two or three or four things that don't work anymore, seeing them with no guilt. Right, and there shouldn't be guilt. You wore it, it worked out maybe a few times, and now you're going to help it move on and find a new home. You don't have to think too much about, should I keep it? Or if I lose another 15 pounds, then maybe will it look nice? Or maybe if I have that one occasion, I'll wear it again. There's no need to hold on to this stuff that, occupies our mind and makes us stress out. You can actually have a closet that's really effective and makes you happy when you try things on and makes you think about, oh, this will work cool with this. And if I talk to someone who can educate me, like someone in your position, then I'll find new ways. I know for me, even though I've been obsessed with fashion and studying magazines all my life and trying to pick up as much information as I can, there's no one who's taught me more about how to wear these dresses that I've designed that I've had made than stylists who I've met on fashion shoots or just in New York. They'll say, Oh, this would look so cool worn with jeans, or this would look so cool half open belted 
with boots and just they come up with these outfits and these ways to wear our dresses that I would have never thought of in a million years. And it's because they have that gift. You know, you are able to look at a dress and wear it in different ways and get a lot out of it. But those of us who don't have that specific type of creativity um, can learn from someone like you who can say, well, actually, it looks like a dress you'd wear two ways, but let me show you four ways. Right. And these other two ways are with pieces you already own. It's not like you need to go out and buy, you know, additional pieces to wear it those other four ways. Well, I call that process that you're describing curating a closet. And then again, that's something that people haven't heard. So I'm trying to educate them. We can curate a whole wardrobe from your Mm -hmm. closet because I can see those four different potential outfits with Mm -hmm. one base piece that the person themselves can't really see. They bought it one way, mm-hmm. they've worn it one way with one certain pair of shoes. And they're not that they're in a rut, but they don't have the breadth of creativity that a stylist has as a core competency that we can share and really create a closet that is sustainable merely by using a piece more than one way. It's nice to have one piece that you don't have to think that much about and that works well every single time. Melissa, tell us how we can find your fashions. What are your um, social media handles? Because we want people looking at your offering. Thank you. So the website is pirouettenyc.com. It's P-I-R-O-U-E-T-T-E-N-Y-C.com. And it's direct to consumer. We're not in any stores. That's to help keep the price point down because... Once you're in stores, the stores apply a 2.2x markup to anything that is sold wholesale to them. And I really wanted to keep the brand accessible. I want to help as many women as possible. So that's why we're direct to consumer. And then the Instagram handle is pirouette underscore NYC. Um, We're also on Facebook. And those are the two main places, um, Facebook and Instagram, where we show how other women are wearing our pieces and how some models have been styled with pieces. And sometimes we're highlighting other brands that are aligned with our ethos of sustainability and doing more with less. Well, I think you and I make a powerful combination. We're both based on the North Shore. By far, I'll be offering uh, some of your pieces to my clients that need those things to fill in the gaps. Thank you. Close out by saying everyone should pick up a copy in their library of The Conscious Closet by Elizabeth L. Klein. Um, It's the revolutionary guide to looking good while doing good. And it's a great Mm. read and it's a great way to dip your toe into this world for $17. That's the cost of the book. And that's an inexpensive way to start learning about sustainable fashion and then reach out to myself and Melissa to actually get some tools to make your closet more sustainable. Thank Thank you you so much, Melissa. Thank you so much. And thanks for helping so many women learn how to have a more productive and effective day just by having an easier closet. So true. That is the core of everything, ease and comfort. To find out more about Lisa's sustainable style, check out lasswardrobe.com.